Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for, what is today, Wednesday, September 27th, 2023. My name is Sean Tierney and this is a show where I cover what's new and happening in industrial automation. I hope your Wednesday is off to a great start. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and um, I just want to also thank everybody who is sharing the show and following and subscribing. Um, it really helps us grow the audience and find new vendors to talk about and also to have on the product and technology show, the automation podcast. So uh, thank you all who are doing that. We, we're starting to see some effects from that. So really appreciate you guys, uh, you know, following, liking, subscribing, sharing, uh, really makes a difference. And with that, I want to start the show by uh, thanking our sponsor, theautomationschool.com. If you know anybody who needs PLC, HMI, or SCADA training, please send them over to theautomationschool.com. With that, we'll get to our first uh, topic for today, and it's a new product from SMC, and it's really um, some updates to an existing product. Now, uh, this is their wireless I.O. line. It's pretty cool, and um, this is the original one we've covered here on the show. I'll talk about that more in a moment, but um, you can see Ethernet IP and Profinet compatibility. Well, I also saw here that their new compact and lightweight unit has several advantages, okay? First of all, you can see the weight and uh, volume reduction, 86 to 87%. This is the new EXW1 product from uh, SMC. You can also see here compatible with CC Link. And I also saw EtherCAT in here somewhere as well. Now, the new compact type, if you can use it, this can go 100 meters versus the original unit's 10 meters. And it also has a response time if you crank it up to one megabit you can go uh, have a response time as low as two milliseconds. So fast stuff and uh, just a great line. You can read all about it um, and what it does and how it works. We also did cover the original product when it first came out. Um, you'll see that over at uh, theautomationblog.com. It's podcast episode 66, all the way back in 2020. And um, in any case, we have the uh, full uh, presentation here by Siemens. I believe this was, yeah, Mark Arnold. Again, uh, he's a regular appearer on the show and uh, really appreciate him coming on and uh, telling us all about that. They also sent us a sample, which I covered here in episode nine of uh, the Automation Minute season five. So I go through all the different pieces and parts. I'd love to do a lot more with this. Um, just having difficulty piping in the ear into the studio. It's, um, it can be challenging, but in any case, I do hope to do more with this in the future. But uh, so uh, some exciting products from SMC to start the morning off. Next, we go over the Strat, and they recently released their version 12 of their soft control engine. And we've talked about that previously, but in this article this morning, they're really talking about the security. So the first part they're talking about here is their T5 protocol. So for the editor to uh, authenticate and edit uh, the, the running project in the runtime, right? And so they talked about how they added another layer of security there by uh, implementing TLS, right? And they also did that as well with Modbus TCP. So I thought it was an interesting article to see, you know, a lot of companies are adding TLS. I know Siemens has and other companies have uh, added TLS and uh, additional security layers to their communications um, so that they're, they're, they better meet cybersecurity standards and protect, uh, you know, users from being hacked. Um, from there, we go over to a new article from Oriental Motor. Now, this one is on high-resolution encoders and stepper motors. And uh, for the application here, they're using dosing equipment. So you can see here, if you're watching, you can see examples of auto samplers, 
right? And uh, how they're using uh, steppers, you know, in a pick and place type of a situation where they're actually, you know, sucking up a little bit of whatever the sample is and then depositing it in a new, uh, 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 you know, a tube, to a test tube, or a, in this case into a, I don't know what that is. It looks like an, uh, let's see here, gamma ray measurement system. So in any case though, this article goes pretty deep. So if you're, you know, if you want a refresher on stepper motors, or if you have somebody junior on your staff, this would be an excellent article. They really go deep into it. I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't have time this morning to finish the article. But in any case, you can see here the charts and just a lot of uh, explanation of how they achieve this high resolution with these stepper motors and encoders. From there, we have a new article from DigiKey. And this one is on bonded peer Ethernet cables. Now, I think if you ever made an Ethernet cable, you know if the more you stress that cable, the more those peers become, un you know, come apart, right? That they become, there's air gaps in the twists. And this article talks about how bonded peer Ethernet cables resolve that by bonding this, the twisted peers together. And there's a great uh, picture here from, I think it's from Belden, that shows kind of what happens when the twists become untwisted or separate. And also, um, you know, how bonded, by bonding those peers, that doesn't happen. They're, they're like glued together, right? So that they won't come apart. So I thought it was an interesting article. And although I've never run into any serious issues, communication issues, if you do have fly, high flex applications, that could be a, a big concern. You can see here in this chart that uh, the initial testing versus the installed testing, huge difference in performance. All right, from there we go over to SME, the Society for Manufacturing Engineers, and they had an interesting article today about cobots being used uh, for product evaluation. And in this case, they're uh, out at NASA, and what they're looking at is how they, there's two cobots being used here to inspect the skin, the outer layer of a plane's body, right? So they're going through and they're, uh, and typically what you would have is you would have one person holding a, uh, a heater and another person holding a flare camera and you would be taking pictures of the surface of the plane to see if there's any cracks or micro cracks or whatever and what they're doing here is they're using two cobots to do the same thing and the precision they get you can imagine trying to do this by hand the precision they get with the cobots is just amazing and they're using two because of the you know they want to have the uh, heater in one and the camera in the other and having them separate um, apparently works much better than trying to design a jig that has them all, all in one for one cobot. But I thought it was a very interesting article on a, a, a way that you don't typically think of cobots uh, doing this type of inspection. But uh, in any case, they talk about other uh, ways they can be used for inspection as well in the article. So from there we go over to Molex. They have an article about their new MX series of contactless connectivity solutions. Now, I think I, I know Molex from the connectors, right? Molex connectors, right? It's like synonymous. But um, in this article, they're talking about some technology that they acquired back in 2021, over 350 patents uh, from uh, Kisa. And um, what this has allowed them to do is come out with a single chip that both has transmitter and receiver in it, and that uses the 60 gigahertz range. Now, why would you want to use that? Because you get no Wi-Fi interference. You get no Bluetooth interference at that at that band, right? So in any case, they imagine this, uh, this uh, network, these wireless connections uh, that range from one to five gigabits. They, they um, have designed products 
that will replace like DisplayPort. So if you're not familiar with DisplayPort, it's kind of like the replacement for HDMI. You see it a lot on computers. You don't see it so much on TVs, right? But you see it a lot on computers. And um, they also have a wireless uh, product that replaces uh, gigabit ethernet. So you can just do your gigabit ethernet wirelessly as well as USB super speed. So very interesting application. I can't wait to see all the new products that come out with this chipset in it. And um, also I would love to see more from uh, from uh, Molex about their uh, about their products here. So with that, we go over to a article from RF Ideas. Um, apparently, Kofax um, is obsoleting their uh, card readers, and so RF Ideas is providing a migration path path for those people who have Kofax systems. So first of all, they work with Kofax to get their readers into the Kofax software. So if you're using the Kofax software you'll be able to replace your old readers with the RFID readers. And we've talked about the Wave ID, ID readers previously on the show, but um, they actually have uh, migration guys, they have software drivers, they have all kinds of information here. So if you have any systems that are using Colfax and you can't get the readers anymore, uh, check out this article because um, it looks like RFID has a great uh, substitution for those products. From there, we go to our feature product of the day. This is uh, Compact Basics over at theautomationschool.com. This is the level one and two course. This is the course where if you need to know anything about Compact Logics is included, including an overview of all the different hardware going all the way back to the original L20 and L30. So a lot of people never even used those. And you're probably lucky because they only had serial ports and they were so slow to upload and download via serial. So um, any of you old timers know what I'm talking about, you know, the L1 or the, the, the uh, original Compact Logics. But in any case, um, this course covers it all. And um, if you pick up this course, you get the next one for free. And I'm actually, it was this morning looking for um, new um, modules for my uh, 5380, because I know a lot of you have migrated to the 5380. So I've been looking around the new, brand new, they've been so expensive. But with this, it's time to see some get into the used market. Of course, I'll always call, contact the vendor first to see if I can get a uh, discount. A lot of the vendors, a lot of vendors send us samples. They, we don't have to buy anything. But some vendors um, won't even give you an educational discount if you're not a big, expensive university. And most of the people coming in these courses, they don't want to go away for four years to learn how to use the compact logics. They just want to learn the compact logics, right? So in any case, um, we're looking at adding some products there, some modules there. So for the next course that's coming, um, we've got a lot of exciting things to talk about when it comes to that. But if you buy this existing course today, you get to go through the entire course, plus you, um, you uh, get the next course for free. So that's Compact Basics at the Automation School. Now, from there, we have an application uh, story here from Opto22, which I thought was very interesting. They were working with a company, Apex. They're into uh, uh, natural gas exploration and production. And um, apparently, uh, their integrator had been using a, a strata, had been using a system that uh, they programmed with C++, and it had very not your normal industrial control system from my perspective. And um, that a lot of the components were being obsolete, the chipsets and whatnot. And so they went out looking for off-the-shelf systems that they could implement. And, um, and, and in doing so, they decided on Opto22, and hence the application stories on Opto22's website. But I thought it was an interesting read. And, uh, you know, some of the reasons they chose uh, Opto22 is because it's Linux-based, so they can run C++. But also, you know, competitive price, you know, high-speed processor. Uh, you know, uh, plenty of I.O. options, multiple protocols, uh, rated for Class 1 Div 2, and 
you know, minus 20 to plus 70 C operating temperature. So those are some uh, great specs, right? From there, we go over to, and I did not see this. Uh, I don't remember seeing this webinar when it was uh, scheduled. So I would have shared it with you if it was. But if you need to integrate Metla Toledo or weighing into your Siemens PLC, it's now on demand. So we're featuring it as our video of the day. So if you, if, again, if you need to integrate weighing into your Siemens PLC, uh, Metla Toledo has a great new video about industrial weighing with Siemens PLCs here on their site. Uh, from there, now this one I thought I shared with you guys yesterday, and I went back and looked and I didn't. This is a new uh, webinar from Yaskawa, and it's talking about redundant VFDs. Now, I haven't heard about redundant VFDs in many years, but in some mission-critical applications, you could have to have redundant VFDs. So, in any case, this webinar is on October 2nd um, by Yaskawa, and um, it's going to be... It looks like 10 a.m. Central Daylight Time, I'm assuming CDT is. So um, that would be 11 a.m. here on the East Coast. So in any case, if you're interested in that, check that out. From there, we go over to updates. We have a new update for Cymatic PCS7 V9 SP3. And we also have from Siemens new firmware, 7.2.2 for the Scalance M800 and S615. Those are switches. Um, we also have a couple of new manuals from Siemens. We have uh, an updated what's new manual uh, PDF for the uh, plant automation accelerator version 3.2 SP1, as well as uh, their SM1500 soft controller CPU, the 1505 SP. Okay, so and 1507 and 1508. So new uh, 200 page manual on that. From there, we go over to Emerson. We get a couple of new manuals from them. These are manuals from the future. I probably shouldn't tease them, but the you know, it, it is what it is. Um, these manuals are on Fisher Fieldview L2T Liquid Level Controller, and there's another manual on the Fisher Fieldview 4400 Digital Position Transmitter, both dated October 2023. Like I'm reading that right? Yeah. Okay. I think it's still September. But in any case, and for our other science and technology story, uh, there's one from IEEE Spectrum, and it go, it, it's entitled Toyota Teases Solid State Batteries in 2027. A lot of, supposed to be a lot of advantages about solid state batteries, um, you know, and I won't go into those now, but, and I, and I did think this article was a little uh, poo-pooing uh, Toyota at the beginning, which I didn't see any reason for, right? But in any case, um, what it comes down to is, and I think I've highlighted it, is that Toyota is working on, producing these new lithium iron phosphate, let me say that again, lithium iron phosphate batteries. Now these batteries are supposed to be able to give you 40%, 20% um, more range and 40% reduction in cost. So pretty cool stuff. I'm not happy that they got the lithium in there because that's a rare earth mineral and we know all the issues with uh, you know mining it ethically is that's a major problem and uh, not every company not every country has lithium you know so i much prefer the uh, earth abundant as we talked about yesterday the earth abundant uh, material batteries but in any case this is still a huge step up and i wanted to share it with you um because uh, it's just another type of battery we're seeing out there there's explosion of new batteries coming to the market and uh, i definitely want to cover them in our other science and tech section of the show now, if you uh, think I missed any news this morning, and I want to say hey to Frank down in uh, California. It's uh, almost, uh, it's like at four o'clock in the morning there. 
Um, if you uh, think I missed any news, please use the submit news tip link on the website to send us what I missed. Also, if you want to send in your feedback, uh, please feel free to fill in this form. I want to thank Mark for his uh, kind words. Uh, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Mark. Really appreciate uh, your kind words about the show uh, this morning. Um, also, uh, I want to thank our sponsor, theautomationschool.com. If you know anybody looking for, you know, a lifetime copy of an online course with support, tell them to check out theautomationschool.com. And uh, I want to thank the, a couple more people up there at uh, automation.locals.com. Join the community. Really appreciate that. I got a new question that came in too, so I'll be looking at that later this morning. I got to, I got to put together the uh, OnLogics. Really great, uh, uh, I think great, very interesting uh, podcast we got coming out this afternoon from on, uh, where I interview on logics on their industrial PCs and rugged PCs. And uh, so I, I got to put that together, edit that today, put the bumpers on it and all that. But uh, once I get that all done and of course finished with the morning show, um, I'll be coming up here and answering the new question. And I do believe that you should have no problems with the Panel V800 and the Micrologics 1400, even with CCW20. But I'll get in there, I'll, I'll boot mine up and check it out, make sure it's all working. Uh, with that, I uh, do want to thank everybody who picked up uh, copies of my ebook this week. Appreciate it, guys. All the proceeds I dump right back into the morning show and the blog and all of that. And also appreciate anybody who's picked up the video collections as well as the coffee cups and t-shirts. I saw a new order. I have to look at it, but I saw a new order go through yesterday. Uh, with that, I just a reminder, if this is the first time you're watching the show, after the show, after I do all the edits and take care of all the you know other things I need to do, I come up here to automate.news, no www, no .com, automate.news, and I put every single link there. And I've started, I don't know how often I'll be able to do this, but I've started going back and putting in the original links from, because originally I just put all the links on one page. So I got through December 1st through December 12th of 2022. So, and this is like infinite scroll and there's so many links up here. I'm also hoping to tag things so, um, uh, you know, so if you're searching on AI, you'll be able to find it, but it's very, very time consuming. So I did it last night. My wife was watching some shows, so I put some headphones on and, and, and got through uh, the first through the 12th. But in any case, uh, and that the real reason is for doing that is so you can search them, right? Because right now it doesn't search the body of the message, which I could change. And uh, I probably will probably just turn that on for the meantime. But in any case, uh, automate.news, you'll find all the links there. And I got to, the, the ad run, the last ad run uh, expired. So I got to set up a new one here. Um, in any case, that's it. That's the show for today. I hope, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Again, please send in your feedback or uh, just, you know, send in the form to say hi. But I want to thank Frank for, uh, for chatting. Um, and I want to thank you for watching. Whether you're watching the live show or you're watching after the fact, I know a lot of people, they're already busy here at 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning, and they can't watch the show until later in the night or the following morning. But I just want to thank, say I appreciate all of you. And with that, I want to wish you all a very courageous, fearless, and awesome day. And until next time, my friends, peace.